Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I'm Nick, otherwise known as the Disney Dad on Instagram. I'm joined tonight by Scott, and on this episode, we're going to take a tour around Walt Disney World. We're each going to name our top three attractions in each theme park, and as we go along, I'm going to give some advice on which attractions are great uh, for, for younger kids in each park and, and some advice for, for traveling to Walt Disney World with, uh, with younger kids. Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, Nick. How are you doing? Man, I'm, I'm great. I'm ready to get outside <laughs> yes. and, and no longer socially distance. Yeah, it's, uh, these are interesting times. We're recording this on uh, – what, what is the date today? I don't even know what the date is. April 23rd. Okay, I just 23rd. looked that up. It's a Thursday night. We're in the middle of uh, a global pandemic, the coronavirus. These are crazy times. Tell me a little bit about what's going on near you, Nick, in terms of uh, how you're holding up at the social distancing and everything. Well, so I am an essential worker, um, which we and so my coworkers have renamed it as a sacrificial worker because I work in the restaurant business, and obviously we're still booming doing takeout business. Um, but it's you know, I'm in South Carolina, and. Uh, we don't do very well being cooped up inside, but everybody's doing a great job of social distancing. All the businesses doing curbside pickup and contactless uh, delivery, and uh, so I, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna pull through this. Uh, it's it's just it's been a new challenge, and you know, you just you got to rise to the challenge and 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 do what's what's socially responsible. And I think when when this is all over, we're gonna be a lot better at what our uh, our parents taught us to do when we were kids and that's wash our hands and don't touch your face that's it i was thinking about you nick as i mentioned before we went on the air tonight because i know you're an essential worker so i speak on behalf of all our listeners when we say thank you for the work you do these are tough times and it's crazy how for so many people this whole virus has changed everything i know people that are scared to go to the grocery store any type of human interaction you become cautious with. When I go out for walks in the neighborhood here, uh, if I see someone walking towards me, one of us is walking the other way or taking steps to the side. Uh, but I agree with you, Nick. I think we are going to get through this. It's tough right now. One of the things I wanted to talk about, actually, you suggested, Nick, and I'm glad you did, at the beginning of the show, we, before we get into our main topic, was just to talk a little bit about the theme parks and the coronavirus because the theme parks are still closed. And there are lots of rumors floating around as to when they're going to open and what things are going to be like when they open. Before we went on the air tonight, if I, I looked at this very quickly. I may have missed it or misunderstood it, but I believe Disney removed certain dates and park hours from their app for the month of May. So in other words, they had some dates and hours posted. Those are now removed. There's so much speculation about when the parks are going to reopen. L let me ask you, Nick, as we begin tonight. Tell me your thoughts about what changes you expect to see Disney, let's take what Walt Disney World in particular, implement when the parks do, in fact, reopen. Well, one of the things that I've heard, and, and, and I think this is something that will be a very real possibility, is um, doing a, uh, a temperature scan um, to, uh, to guests coming in. And, and, and I think that's very practical. Uh, I live very close to Fort Jackson here in South Carolina and my mother-in-law actually works on post at, at Fort Jackson. And, um, that's something they've been doing for the last month. Now, if you want to come on post, 
they take a temperature. Um, so I think that's that's certainly a possibility. And then you know, requiring people to meet to to wear masks, I think, is something that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Uh, there's you know, one of the things that that Disney has always done very well is coming up with creative ways to deal with obstacles. Right. Um, very good thinking outside the box and still, um, still creating that, that magic and that, that atmosphere that we expect. Um, with regard to waiting in line, I, I think it's very possible that standby lines will go away for the time being and everything will operate sort of like Rise of the Resistance where you get a boarding pass or a boarding group. Um, I think it'll be very similar to that. You you, you have a time that you can come and that's sort of like a a virtual queue. Um, That's, you know, obviously a a good way to sort of manage the, you know, the the queue line. Um, And then, you know, it... It, it may be possible just limiting the number of people that they'll let into the parks. You know, right. If it's, you know, if capacity is 100,000, it, it may be 50,000 people that they'll let in. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to be able to, you know, create that that distance. <laughs> you know, you know as well as I do, there are people who do not do very well with socially di- social distancing. And, True. And well, Disney World, people have a, uh, have a poor concept of personal space when uh, – when you're trying to get the get a view of the fireworks for a parade, yeah, those are uh, when you watch the footage from right before the park shut down of the fireworks show. It, you can't help but think, man, that's a lot of people in a confined space. Yeah, um, I, I'll tell you, I did cancel my summer vacation to Disney World. I had a great trip planned, which I was really excited about, where I would start in Miami for a few nights and then go up to Disney for the Beach Club, and I canceled it. And it's a weird thing. I felt kind of relaxed after canceling it. And I still may end up going. I mean, nothing is set in stone right now. But I, this is a personal call. And I think one of the things we're learning as we go through this as a, as a country in the world is that people are going to have their own comfort levels and do things that make them feel comfortable. And for me, I just even – and I, by the way, I'm expecting things to be much better in August, I think it won't be where we're at now, not even close, I'm hoping, anyway. I just personally don't feel comfortable with the idea of going to the park and uh, being in that type of crowd. I also know quite a few theme park fans who I've talked to about this who say they don't want to go to the theme park and deal with things like checks and examinations and all that, and I get that, but I also completely understand those that say, you know what, yeah, it's a a hassle to go through that, but I understand why we're doing it, and if I, everybody in the theme park, when I'm there, had to go through the same thing I did, I'll feel safe. And I get that too. It's going to be interesting to see the way this plays out. I really am very intrigued. And I, another question I have as we head into the fall, quite a few months away, what's it going to be like in terms of the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party or Halloween Horror Nights at Universal? Are they going to happen? If they're going to happen, is it going to be at a whole different thing? For example, with Halloween Horror Nights, there's a lot of these haunted houses that people go through in tight spaces. Well, and that's, that and that's it. There's a lot of, you know, in those houses, a lot of things that when you're walking through that touch you and like the dividers in the, you know, between the rooms that people would be touching. Right. All of that, I think, is going to be very, very different. Um, you know, as far as Mickey's not so scary, 
you know, I, I think that's will just will kind of go a lot along the lines of, um, you know, the way the park operates and with sort of limited capacity and, and you know, no queue lines. Um, it'd be great for to have no queue line to meet Jack Skellington because it's usually like a three hour wait. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's funny is that I actually I got a message today from a from a, a pass holder friend. She they just became pass holders like mm-hmm. a couple months ago. She she sent me a message. They're excited because they they booked tickets for for Mickey's not so scary. She just sent me a message. Just got my tickets for Mickey's not so scary. Yeah. Um. You know it is. I think everything's going to be a little bit different for a little while. If anybody is going to be really good at controlling, uh, you know, contact and and controlling you know, sick people coming to the park, it's going to be Disney. Agree. Before we turn to the main topic of the show tonight, I'll say so. I'll end this on a positive note, which is I really do think one day we're going to be out of this, and that's what all the experts say. One day this will be behind us, and hopefully that day will be sooner rather than later. They're working on many treatments, working on a vaccine at unprecedented speed, and while I'm home, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed doing, I've talked about this on a couple of other episodes. I love watching the vloggers on YouTube. I'm still watching the Tim Tracker and the Prince Strom Dev. And a bunch of these other vloggers and your posts, Nick, on Instagram at this Disney Dad, they sort of make me realize how much I love the theme parks and how much I can't wait to get back there. And I think whenever we do set foot in the parks again, it's going to make that experience so much better. As good as it was before, I think it's going to be even better now. Yeah, and one of the things, yeah. one of the things that's come out of this, you, you talk about you know, like Tim and Jen and uh, Prince Charming Dev. It, it's interesting to see the way they create content now because yeah. for these people that create content in the parks every day, uh, Spokesman is another one. Um, for people that are in the parks creating content, I mean, for Spokesman, he he did live streams from the parks. I mean, that was you know a mm-hmm. big part of what he does on <laughs> creating content, um, and it, it's incredible to see, you know how creative they get uh, doing stuff. It it. Uh, you know, for me, having now missed two trips, yeah, uh, I've really had to sort of go back into the archives and find some older photos, and I've re-edited some stuff, and, and just trying to get creative in, in in creating content that can be relevant, but that's not that's not old, right? Which is hard to do when you're using old photos. Yeah, your posts have been great, though. Your posts have been great, and you're right about. The, the YouTube, like when Tim and Jen Tracker made pickles the other day, it was big stuff. I mean, I was really excited to see them make pickles. What they're having for dinner, it's amazing how there could be such entertainment and content like that. But there really is. I, I love watching it. And it, it brings me comfort watching that. And my wife has said the same thing. We like to watch that. We really get a, get a good kick out of it. And anything these days that provides a nice distraction is a welcome thing. Who knew I'd get so excited about Tim Tracker telling me he eats oatmeal for breakfast? Yeah, I saw that. Honey. <laughs> oatmeal and honey yes that's right that's funny anyhow nick why don't you uh kick off our main segment tonight by telling us about what we're going to be talking about and uh we'll go from there my friend all right that sounds great so we're going to be we're going to be discussing our top three attractions in each park and uh and then as we go through i'm going to list what i think is is my favorite attraction for for kids and when I say kids, I mean younger kids. I have a I have a six year old, so 
that's sort of the the age that I'm gonna I'm gonna base things off. Um, and then as we, we go through, I'll, I'll I'll toss in some some tips because we've picked up a lot of a lot of useful information having been to the park so much with uh, with my daughter. All right, so why don't we uh, why don't we start off with Animal Kingdom? Sounds I good. I don't I don't mean to start with Animal Kingdom listing it as my fourth favorite park. Yes, you know that's not what that is, but I love Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom listed as the 23rd. Animal Kingdom just celebrated its birthday. So um, why don't I start off with with my top three? Um, my, my third favorite attraction in Animal Kingdom is Festival of the Lion King. Mm. Absolutely love this show. It is incredible. The, the performers are remarkable. Um, my second favorite attraction is Expedition Everest. Mm-hmm. And and it might be my favorite roller coaster on property. Love Expedition Everest, and I love walking to this ride. And I stop. If you're coming around the corner into Asia, you get a good, good, really good view of of Mount Everest, and they've got the shrine there, and that's where everybody stops to take pictures. But if you go about 20 feet to the left, mm-hmm. go along the fence line. I've got some bamboos there, and there's a there's a space that's kind of just wide enough to get your body in, and you get a picture perfect view. And any of the pictures you see that that I've posted of, of Mount Everest, that's the spot I took them from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's a great view. And then my favorite attraction, best attraction at Animal Kingdom, hands down, is Flight of Passage. Um, and now I promised the kids attraction. Yeah, uh, you know, for I think at, at Animal Kingdom, there's a lot of great things to do. Rafiki's Planet Watch is is fantastic for kids. A lot of hands-on activities. It's a great way to for kids to learn and see the things that they do at um at that uh, Animal Kingdom that you don't see on a ride. Or um, it's it, it really is very educational. It's a lot of fun, and uh, so. Yeah, we. Well, my daughter's been to Planet Watch probably a dozen times now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Festival of the Lion King. I've actually, and this is embarrassing to say, because I've been to Disney World a million times. I've never seen it, and I was planning on seeing it this summer, and maybe I still will. But how do you rate that compared to the other shows on property? Because I've heard it's f- fantastic. It it really is. So, um, it's it's one of these shows where, you know, the performers are in the middle. You know, they're in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. And it, it the the acrobatics are incredible. You know the dancers are great. Just I'm 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 thinking about other shows on property, and it might be my favorite show on property. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the performers are just extraordinary. It's it is fantastic, and we have a special you know a special affection for for this show. For the longest time, um, my daughter Annabelle had a little small stuffed Timon that she took with her everywhere. That was her. That was her best friend. And she, the very first time she ever met Timon was during the show where Timon came and pulled her out of the audience to come and dance with the dancers on the floor, and they go around the room. They pull a bunch of kids up there. But Timon came and got her, 
and that just absolutely made it for her. Um, it's it really is. It's it's a fun show. They get the crowd involved, and um, it you have to next time, dude. You've got to go check out yeah. Festival of the Lion King. It I'm is, planning on it. I heard it's great. It is. It is awesome. Well, those are great choices, Nick, for Animal Kingdom. Uh, for me. Before I start saying these, as anyone that listens to the podcast knows, I'm not a huge roller coaster guy. So for somebody like me, Everest isn't on there. Although everyone I know that loves roller coasters, they love Expedition Everest and they go on it many, many times. My third favorite attraction in Animal Kingdom is Dinosaur. And I know this has kind of gotten a mixed reaction over the years. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But for me, I think it's thrilling. I love the ride vehicle itself. I know that's like the Indiana Jones vehicle out in Disneyland, which we don't have here in terms of an attraction. I always have fun with it. And it's a thrill ride, but one that's more, to me at least, more family-friendly. Thrills aren't that intense. My second favorite attraction in Animal Kingdom is Kilimanjaro Safaris. And I love this. A fact that has never ceased to amaze me is that this space alone, in terms of the acreage of that attraction, is bigger than the entire Magic Kingdom. And there are times where I'm out there on that journey and I'm seeing these beautiful animals and I'm thinking to myself, this is like being in a movie. It's really fantastic. And my favorite attraction, Nick, you and I are on the exact same page, Flight of Passage. This is an attraction that I've been on many times. I've been able to get on a bunch because I frequently go to the after hours events where you can get on at least twice in an evening. It is an achievement of technology that... I thought Disney may not even have able, ever been able to surpass, and then we rode Rise of the, of the Resistance. But exactly. <laughs> it really is amazing, and uh, the film is beautiful. The soundtrack is great. The use of the scents that, that you smell on the ride is great. It's it's a masterpiece. So It is. It's quite a pass. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So, it, it, if Soaring was sort of next level, that Flight of Passage just took it beyond, way beyond. So, um, great choices. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kilimanjaro Safaris is great. One of the things that you know, we've talked about this before, I'm originally from South Africa. Right. One of the things I love about Kilimanjaro Safaris is seeing the, uh, the baobab trees that are, you know, they, they don't grow in Florida. And the fact that they, you know, were able to transplant these trees, it is one of my favorite trees. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. I have a big oil painting of of a baobab tree that usually hangs in our living room. It's not hanging there right now. That and that to me is one of the most special things. Whenever I, we go on on oh, yeah. Kilimanjaro safaris, is just being able to see those trees. This is like a piece of home for me. It's, Nick is uh, showing me the. Uh, Nick and I are able to see each other right now, and he's showing me uh, the painting he's speaking of. It's beautiful. Yeah, that that painting, that painting actually belonged to um, my uh, my grandfather, and uh, it was it was a lot of effort getting it here from South Africa. Yeah, but I love it, and that's it's special. So, get excellent choice. Well, let's move on to Epcot, and great. before I talk about any kids attractions at Epcot, Kidcot is a great kids attraction. Tell us more uh, about that. I'm not too familiar with that. So. In World Showcase, that was called Kid Cotton. And every single country has a station where uh, they have a cast member there, um, which, as you know, World Showcase, the cast members are from that country. And kids can they, – they collect 
um, these little postcards that they can go in color. Um, and it's a great way for them to interact with cast members from another country. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to go around and they can collect um, all, of their, all of their stamps and then they get a prize at the end. So to talk about attractions in Epcot, for me, and this is the, the, the first fireworks show I'm going to mention. Okay. A little foreshadowing there. But Epcot Forever, mm. as a huge fan of Epcot and the history of Epcot, I love this fireworks show. It's, I mean, obviously it's, it's beautiful, but there's so many memories and, you know, just tugs at my heartstrings. So that's, it, for me, it's, it's such a great attraction. And one that you need to see soon because it's not going to be there for very long. Right. Um, but Epcot Forever. Uh, number two for me is, is Spaceship Earth. Mm. And uh, Spaceship Earth closes in May for his big two-year renovation. Yeah. So I didn't realize when I was in January that that was going to be the last time that I was going to ride Spaceship Earth. Um, but I you know, love Spaceship Earth. And then you know, the best attraction for me at Epcot is Soarin'. Mm. Uh, absolutely love love Soarin' around the world. Um, I love Soarin' over California. I uh, was able to do that at, at California Adventure. Just so I have when we were there, they were they were doing Soarin' over California instead of Soarin' around the world. Um, but I love that ride. It, my daughter absolutely loves Soarin'. We, we can't go to Epcot without riding Soarin'. Yeah. That's it's forbidden. It's um, a great experience. It really is. And then uh, as far as kids go, I talked about Kidcot. Yeah. Uh, but Turtle Talk with Crush is such an awesome experience for kids, especially younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for for anybody who hasn't doesn't know what Turtle Talk with Crush is or hasn't done that. So it you, you go to this big room and there's uh, this big glass window that looks out into the ocean and Crush comes swimming up and, and I love it. And he's like, look at all the human dudes in the human tank. And uh, he, it's, it's exactly that. It's, it's just talking with crush and he interacts with the audience and the kids get to ask him questions and he answers the questions and, you know, he calls them out by, you know, what they're wearing. And it, it it's, it's such a great interactive uh, attraction and and you know for for kids it just it, that magic is so real the right. crush is talking to me and my daughter who has never met a stranger in her life who's an absolute ham you know loves putting on plays and acting and she got called on oh. and uh and crush you know you know little dudette what's your question and she couldn't she just she froze up she got, Tomatoa, because she wanted to ask Crush if he knew Tomatoa. Yeah. And all she could get out because it was just it's it's Crush is talking to me. That is such a great attraction. Yes. Um, it doesn't get talked about enough. I agree, and it's a perfect example of the combination of educational and entertainment. It's it's so much fun. I've been to Turtle Talk with Crush. It's it's a really enjoyable time. It's laugh out loud, funny. It's good for kids and adults, and um, I, th- I think it's a great choice. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your choices. Do you like the Epcot Forever fireworks show more than Illuminations? 
was never really a big fan of Illuminations. Okay, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I wasn't on. I saw it a couple times, and I didn't dislike it, but... Yeah. Now, that being said, I wish I had photographed Illuminations more. I only photographed Illuminations twice, and I regret that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now photographed um, Epcot Forever, like four or five times um but i just it for me it was you know if i was gonna be shooting fireworks i was gonna be shooting fireworks of magic kingdom yeah um but you know it it was a great message but i there's so many great memories and just you know just little nuggets in epcot forever Mm -hmm. that you just tug at your heartstrings and get all the feels going more yeah. than more than illuminations. I think the soundtrack to Epcot Forever is available on streaming music services. I could be wrong about that, but I think on Apple Music I've seen it. If it's not an officially, it, it may even be officially released by Disney. Yet, mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. So check that um, out. Yeah, those are great choices, Nick. I really, I really like those. Uh, and I'm with you. Soren is. The first time I went on it years ago, I was with my family and my parents were there. We just were in awe of it. It's it's a at the time it and still it's a technologically advanced attraction. And as Disney fans, we've all learned about how they designed the vehicles. If you I guess vehicles is the right word, the contraption mm-hmm. by which you raise off the ground and you're that moment never gets old, no matter how many times I've been on the attraction. That takeoff experience where you feel the cold air blowing against you and then you're in the clouds. It's 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 beautiful. It's really uh, it's a tearjerker just because of its majesty. If You're always sense. trying to touch the the summit of Everest with your foot. Yeah. Every time without fail. So here are my three attractions at Epcot. My third favorite attraction is the Three Caballeros over in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> I love that attraction. Uh, I'll give you a quick reason why. Uh, for me, it's largely rooted in nostalgia. I just have such wonderful memories of going there to Epcot over the years, riding the attraction, and it is quintessential classic Disney. There's nothing that technologically advanced about it. It's a boat ride, but it has Donald Duck and the Three Caballeros. It's just a great attraction, and I love the inside of the Mexico Pavilion. I think it's beautiful. And when the ride starts and you're passing next to the restaurant and you could see the pavilion. It's just a great Disney world moment could go on that endlessly. And I could tell Nick, you, you, by the way, you're nodding on the screen that, that you love that too. <laughs> well, yeah, we love the three caviars. And in fact, my wife and I were, when we were driving home from work earlier today, uh, I was, I was telling her what, you know, the, the topic for the show and, and giving her my choices and this was she she said well I, the three caballeros ride would have to be what was it la gran la gran fiesta tour that's what it is right she that would have to be in her top three yep and every time i see somebody say they need to change the three caballeros ride to a cocoa ride i, I lose my mind i say like, you you could put a little cocoa in there but you can't mess sure. with the three caballeros i agree with you and before I continue, let me give a, a big Disney Plus shout out to both Coco and Three Caballeros. Right now on Disney Plus, we watch it the other night. There's a Coco concert from the Hollywood Bowl featuring music from the film, which I loved watching. And they have the Three Caballeros movie on there. It's short. It's only an hour and 11 minutes. I just added it to my list to watch. I'm 
interesting that uh, that's on there, which is good. Second favorite attraction in Epcot, Spaceship Earth. I'm with you, Nick, on that. It's a great attraction. I'm sorry I won't be able to ride it one more time before it renovates. Uh, but wonderful memories of just being on that ride. It was one of those Disney attractions that I would try to ride over and over again before my vacation would end. And my favorite attraction in Epcot is Test Track, an attraction that I love going on, never gets old for me. That final sequence where you're out there doing the loops, it's always something else. I love looking at the photo after the ride to see how messed up I looked. Um, I prefer the older version before the renovations. It's a little bit too Tronish for me now. That being said, I do love going on it. Uh, I do like using the single rider feature. It gets you on the ride pretty quick. Uh, it does shut down a lot. Hopefully, after the recent renovations, that'll happen less. Uh, but I think it's a great attraction. And look, I I, I love Soarin' too. I, I thought about naming that. And there's other great attractions. Frozen Ever After I really like and a whole bunch of others. It's Epcot has so many wonderful places to go, wonderful things to see. And that's only going to get better when we have Ratatouille opening up and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. So great choices all around, I, I think. I like Test Track. I love Radiator Springs Racers. As someone who's never been on it, because I haven't been to Disneyland in a long time, but I've watched footage of it. It looks unbelievable. Oh, it's so cool. It is so cool. I've got some I, I need to put I've got so many great pictures from California from Cars Land that, that I haven't I haven't put up. Mm. Um I need to get them put up because we're going back in October to to Disneyland. Oh really? I didn't. I yeah. think maybe I did that. I can't remember. We talked about that, but that's awesome. That's great. No, I'm fine. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, all right. So so that was good with with Epcot. One other thing I wanted to say with Turtle Talk with Crush, and this yeah. is kind of leading into just a really great tip when you're at Disney with younger kids, is it's air conditioning. It's inside, and you can sit down. And especially if you're if you're in the middle of summer, the one of the most important things you can do as you're planning your day is have intervals where you've got an inside attraction and you've got time out of the sun in the air conditioning. We're sitting down, you're resting. Your day will go so much longer. You'll feel so much better. And Turtle Talk mm-hmm. with Crush is a great and there are other great ones in, in all the parks and, you know, um, there's, you know, in Hollywood Studios, there's the Frozen Sing Along and Disney Junior, and, um, you know, Magic Kingdom, there's Fill Our Magic, Hall of Presidents. And, um, there's there's a lot of great indoor attractions that, you know, 20, 30 minutes, um, if that, and it gets you out of the sun. And so that's, I'm going to say, my first parent tip. Nick, let me ask you a question kids. along those lines. Something you just said made me think of a question, which is when you're planning your trips and you're planning your Epcot trips, uh, do you, in your mind as you get ready for it, are you, do you plan on visiting Future World and World Showcase in the same day? Or do you say, if you're there for enough time, let's do Future World one day, come back another day for World Showcase? I'm curious to your take on that. No, we typically do, you know, a day at Epcot. And uh, we, we will typically try, if, when we're going to go to Epcot, we'll try and eat breakfast at the boardwalk. Um, and we might even do, you know, the Bon Voyage breakfast at, at Trattoria Alforna and then catch a friendship over to the International Gateway. Nice. Um, and then that way we're, we're starting in World Showcase. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of going in and out and it's not as, as taxing or tiring. Right. Um, 
and then and then we'll go over to future world and that's typically the way we do epcot is very very rarely do we go into epcot through the main entrance by future world um, right so there are a lot of times that i have to bail on the family for a little bit just so i can go get especially at night um like guys i'll i'll, I'll see you guys in about 45 minutes and I'll go out front and and take some pictures, and then catch back up and, and meet up with the family, right. or whatever. Uh, because we, we we just we don't come in that way. We go in through through the international gateway. I like that approach. There. I like that. I mean, for me, I've always started in Future World and ended up in World Showcase. And World Showcase is so big and so much walking. I find myself very tired, especially on a hot day. But I like your approach of having breakfast in the boardwalk area, entering through the World Showcase entrance. And starting there, uh, that's I may try that on my next trip. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's also where the um, where the Skyliner comes in too. So yeah. Now you can hop Skyliner and go in that way. Yeah, Skyliner's awesome. Um. Well, well, let's hop on a Skyliner and go over to Hollywood Studios. And, nice. Uh, now this is a park that's a real challenge because there's so much in Hollywood Studios now. Yeah. It's it's. It's almost impossible to say these are the three best attractions in in Hollywood Studios. So, for me, um, and this was hotly debated, but my number three is Slinky Dog Dash. Okay. Um, it's it's such a cool, fun little ride. I love I I love Toy Story Land. It was there on opening day, opening morning. In fact, you got just a great picture of the sun coming up over Hollywood studios from the top of slinky dog dash. Um, just a, a, a fun little ride. And, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, number two for me is tower of terror. Mm. You, you just, it, you know, that ride just doesn't, it, it never gets old, never gets tired. It is so good. I it's just so theming's great. I was going to ask a question, but I want you to finish, and then I'll, I'll ask you some questions about this. Okay. And then my number one is Rise of the Resistance. Mm. It's just, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, Rise of the Resistance is just that next level of, of awesomeness. Um, and then as far as kids go, you know, there are a lot of great things for kids to do at Hollywood Studios, especially with Toy Story Land and, you know, for, for kids that are into Star Wars, going through Galaxy's Edge. For younger kids, um, the Disney Junior area, the Disney Junior Dance Party, mm-hmm. and then that character area that's right outside is is so great. It's a must-do because, you know, the dance party is a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, again, it's inside. Uh, and then the characters right outside, uh, they just added – Fancy Nancy. It was Sophia the First, but mm-hmm. she's gone. Um, but they've got Fancy Nancy there and Doc McStuffins. Um, and then Minnie and Pluto are out there as well. Sorry, not not um, either Minnie or Pluto. And then Vampirina is out there. And so that's it's a lot of fun. Um, and those characters are great. And uh, and the, the part the dance part is a lot of fun. Um, but it really is. I just do it as a park where, it, where there's a lot of great stuff for kids to do. The the frozen sing along is so much fun and so funny. Um, we do that almost every time we're at Hollywood Studios. Hey, because it's 
great comfortable seats, air conditioning, 20, you know, 20, 25 minutes of air conditioning. Um, but, uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun for, for kids, especially if they're, they're fans of Frozen. So that's, that's my Hollywood studios. Now, uh, with Tower of Terror. Oh, and I have, to, I have to say, so I have to say, sure. I have not ridden Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. So that list could change. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who would have, um, have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway right up there with Rise of the Resistance. Having not ridden it wow. yet. That could that you know that could change. It's funny, Nick. When you were giving me your list, I thought to myself, I don't know if he's been on Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, and if you were to go going to add that to your top three, what would it bounce off? In my mind, I would have thought maybe it would bounce off Slinky Dog. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would probably bounce Slinky Dog off because Tower of Terror isn't gonna. You know, that's just I'm so attached to that ride. When you get to the park in the morning, obviously now Rise of the Resistance is the first thing you try to get on, or you're you there for the queue anyway. Um, but out of the attractions, because I think a challenge for a lot of people planning a Hollywood Studios day is what do they book their Fast Passes for? Because you have so many A-list attractions, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, Smuggler's Run, Slinky Dog. What, what would Toy Story Midway Mania, what would you advise people to use a Fast Pass on if they could only use... Well, I guess now, as I was asking the question, they had the tiers now, right? Is Tower of Terror in the same tier as Slinky Dog? Tower of Terror, Tower of Terror is, but Rock and Roller Coaster is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rock and Roller Coaster is is not tier one. It's tier two. Okay. So tier one uh, is going to be Smuggler's Run, mm-hmm. Tower of Terror, and Slinky Dog. Because um, mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance, you can't get, you have to get a boarding pass. I would try and get a fast pass for Slinky Dog because that is going to be the longest line. Right, that's true. That uh, generally longer lines than Tower of Terror. Yeah, um, yeah, Tower of Terror. It, it moves, it moves pretty quickly through Tower of Terror, and uh, yeah, there are times you can catch Tower of Terror with thirty minute wait. True. So, yeah, I, I would I would definitely say get get Slinky Dog, um, and then and then yeah the others. Great choices. I, I think those are awesome. Uh, Hollywood Studios has gone from being a half day park to many people to being at least one full day park. You could easily actually I think if you really you did everything you could do two full days. And I think it's going to be a challenge for people that don't go frequently and may only be going for three or four nights to figure out how they want to spend their days there. So uh, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. But great choices, Nick. I love all those. Uh, for me, my top three attractions at Hollywood Studios. This was a little tough for me. I had a little, little difficulty. Uh, number three. You know, this is ridiculous for me. As I'm saying this, I realize that this is a consequence of my being a little bit hesitant to go on certain attractions, but I was going to say alien, alien swirling saucers over at toy story land. Um, I know this attraction is not considered that great. I will tell you that I do happen to really like it. I don't love it. Uh, I like it because of the toy story music and that electronic sound they have playing in the background. It's just fun. I've always been a fan of the scrambler attraction 
and this is based on that. Obviously, it is like a scrambler, although a mm-hmm. less intense one. That's my third choice. Numbers one, two, and then one, I feel much more confident in. My second favorite attraction in, and by the way, I may actually want to replace that with Slinky Dog. Because why would I choose Swirling Saucers over Slinky Dog? Because I have been on Slinky Dog, and I do think it's great. But anyhow, uh, number two, Toy Story Midway Mania. Uh, this attraction is endless fun. I, I'm not particularly good at it. I, every time I go on it, I think to myself, I'm going to do better this time because I've gone on this a bunch of times. And then I find myself doing not very well. But it's so much fun for the use of technology on that attraction. Even though it's not a brand new attraction, it still is pretty remarkable. And I love the way they incorporate the 3D technology uh, and the carnival game atmosphere. And the way those vehicles move is just something else. And like you, Nick, my number one, without question, no hint of competition, Rise of the Resistance. I've only been on it once. uh, And I'm very grateful for that because a lot of people are not able to get on it at all. Uh, It is... A work of art. It is the Mona Lisa of Disney attractions, I would say, right now. I tend not to watch YouTube videos of attractions that I haven't been on. Uh, but since I was able to get on Rise of the Resistance, the other day I put on these virtual reality goggles. I have the Oculus Go. And I went to a three uh, virtual reality YouTube channel, and I rode Rise of the Resistance in virtual reality. And I thought to myself, man, this is such a great attraction. Um, it's thrilling, but not too thrilling. It's unexpected in many different ways. And the level of detail, it is like a film set times 10. You are truly in a Star Wars movie. And uh, it's my number one, no question. Hollywood Studios, Rise yeah. of the Resistance. Yeah, the, the, the experience, the level of that experience mm-hmm. is, I, there's nothing in the world that I'm aware of that is a better experience than Rise of the Resistance. Yes, it, yeah, and and I, I don't think there will be for for quite some time. Before we continue, Nick, got uh, we we talked about this another episode on the dining dining show. But if I said to you we're going to Hollywood Studios today, you could go to any restaurant inside the park. Where are you going? Hollywood Brown Derby. Nice, good call. Yeah, I've never eaten there. It's on my my bucket list of of places that that I need to eat, but. There are too many people whose opinion I value a lot that say it is phenomenal. You've eaten I, there before. You've eaten there. I've man. been there. Yeah, I, I went. I had the famous cop salad. It was great. The rolls before the dinner, I remember those were really good. And uh, I have very good friends who are DVC members. I trust their Disney opinions tremendously. And uh, they love the Brown Derby. And they go to a lot of the park restaurants. I, Like I said, I trust them on their opinion. And it's uh, it's a tremendous place, and uh, I think it's a good call. Yeah. Nick, when you and I are in the park together, when we when we meet in person, we'll go to Brown Derby. We'll go to Brown Derby. That I sounds like great. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Sounds great right about now. Missing yeah, no kidding. Day. We'll save the best for last, because my favorite park is the Magic Kingdom. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously there's there's so many attractions at, at Magic Kingdom that it, it's hard to – to it was hard for me to narrow out a third. Agree. Number number one and number two were were very easy. Um, I'm gonna start off with kids. And it you know Magic Kingdom, there's so many great things for young kids. You, you meet the princesses. Um, you know, it's a small world. Teacups, the Barnstormer. Um, 
and and then you know there are there's so many great character experiences and then you know really fun things like um country bears um the monsters inc laugh floor and these are all really there's those are great places to get out of the heat and uh which is is really really important uh with a a long day at the magic kingdom but for kids one of the things i would say you got to do with young kids is watch the festival of fantasy parade Mm. it's such a great parade it's of all the parades at Disney, it's my second favorite behind Boo to You. Boo to you. Um, but it because there's so many great characters, there's so much going on. Yeah. So when you got young kids, that's a really important parade. There's a couple of really great spots for watching it. Uh, there's a really great spot next to the market in Liberty Square where it, it turns the corner. Right. And you're looking, you know, straight down towards Frontierland. And then when you look to your left, it's you're crossing the bridge going to the hub. That's a really great spot to watch the parade because it makes that turn. Right. Um, I've taken a lot of great photos there. One thing I will say about that spot and and those parades at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is the hottest part of the day. Um, But there's no there's not a lot of shade. Uh, there's another really great spot on the other side of the the Liberty Square Bridge, right on the edge of the hub, where that pr- the parade walks right towards you and then makes the turn to go in front of the castle. That's mm-hmm. another really great viewing spot. And those spots, typically, you need to get there like 30 minutes before the parade starts um, to be able to to hold down a good spot. Our favorite place to watch the Festival of Fantasy Parade is right in front of. Uh, the train station at at the very top of Main Street because mm-hmm. it again you get you get really great um, kind of you know, a long viewing lane of the parade. First of all, you get it coming straight at you with the castle behind, which is really cool, and then it turns and it comes right in front of you. Sure. And uh, the the other reason we really love that spot is it's in the shade. So are you There's talking a about of shade there? Are you talking about watching? Am I correct that you can go upstairs and watch? Is that where you're talking about, or are you? So that is, there's there's reserved viewing upstairs, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're standing right on the edge of Main Street, you know, right on the parade route, it'll come right in front of you. You're just you're right in front of the train station. That's a very good tip. Um, I didn't even think about that spot as a viewing spot for the parade, but the way you describe it, it makes perfect sense. That's the best place to watch it. That's 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 such a great. Um, that's, that's, that's such great cause it is, it's in the, it's in the shade. Mm-hmm. So that's a great viewing spot. The first two spots are great spots for taking photos of the parade. Third spot, because it's in the shade, I don't usually take a lot of pictures there cause I get a lot of shadows cast. Right. And that's, that's not always the best, but it's in the shade, especially when you got young kids. Yeah. Um, it's a great, that, and that, yeah, got to check out festival of fantasy. It was really good. And one of the things. You know, we have a lot of people that will talk to us and ask us for advice or, you know, they're planning a Disney vacation and they'll kind of ask. One of the biggest tips that we give people is take a break in the middle of the day. Yeah. And this is a really good time to do it. You know, you, you have your you, you have a good morning and then you have lunch at the Magic Kingdom. You watch Festival of Fantasy. You watch it from the top of Main Street right in front of the train station. Goes by. Go back to the hotel. 
lay down. Even if your kids don't take naps, they're past naps, rest. Rest Agreed. for an hour. Eat, rest. Take a shower. Go swim in the pool. Whatever. Maybe just get, just get up hard for an hour, 90 minutes. And, and that way you're refreshed and rejuvenated to go back at night. Um, and that's going to lead me into my, my top three. So my number three is the wildest ride in the wilderness, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Love, love, love that ride. Um, number two is the Haunted Mansion. Absolutely love the Haunted Mansion. It's mm-hmm. it's my favorite ride. It's my daughter's favorite ride. I, the ghost hosts are my favorite cast members. Um, I love everything about the Haunted Mansion. Me too. Uh, there's there's just there's so much that goes into that ride that you completely miss. And there's so much history with that ride. Um, and then my number one. And every time I hear somebody say, "Well, we're we're going to leave before the fireworks." We don't want to deal with the crowds. We're going to leave before the fireworks. Oh, man. That is the biggest mistake you can make at Disney World is missing out on Happily Ever After. You cannot miss out on Happily Ever After. It is the number one attraction at Disney World. I would. Wow. You just. you. Elaborate on that. That's a bold so, statement. I'll, I'll elaborate on that. So if, if you're going to Disney World, if this is your first trip to Disney World riding rise of the resistance is going to be absolutely remarkable but it's not going to bring tears to your eyes like happily ever after will mm-hmm. it it is so special it is 20 minutes of just pure emotion there and it's so well done the projections the lasers the fireworks the movies that are brought into um that that they incorporate into the fireworks or so it's the selection of movies it the way it touches at your heart the you know where you go from you go from light and happy and loving and friends and now we've got villains and then and then and then good triumphs over evil and um especially for me when you know hercules is 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 glowing because he just became a god and he's carrying Meg. Yeah, it just the nothing beats happily ever after. Um, and so when people, you know, people say, "Well, I don't have to see the fireworks," you have to see the fireworks. You have to see happily ever after. It's not like you know your your neighborhood Fourth of July, you know, shooting off fireworks at the park. This is you know. There's so many emotional connections. And that's why I say it's the number one attraction at Disney World because Rise of the Resistance isn't going to make you cry. Happily Ever After will make you cry. Also, I think there's something to be said for the concept of fireworks at Cinderella's Castle as being the quintessential Disney World moment. And that's it right there. Yeah. That's it. I, I wanted to ask you. I asked you a few minutes ago if you like Epcot, Epcot Forever more than Illuminations. I want to ask you, do you like Happily Ever After more than Wishes? Yes, I do. And I love Wishes. I was yeah. there for the last Wishes. Oh, wow. And it that was that was such an emotional evening. Uh, you know, I I got a spot like four hours before the fireworks. 
and I was probably 30 yards in front of Casey's. That was as okay. close as I could get four hours before the fireworks started. Wow. Um, and a lot of people there, and we all loved wishes. It was so it's so special. It's still special to us. Um, so it's different, you know, where, where I wasn't, you know, illuminations, it was, it was okay. I just, I didn't have that, that attached wishes. I had that attachment right? and I didn't know. Um, I remember running into, um, a, a couple of, of Disney bloggers, uh, Corn Anderson and Serena Lynn. And, and, and talking to them about, you know, can you believe wishes is over? And they're like, yeah, but aren't you excited for happily ever after? And I'm like, just, it's kind of hard. It's going to be hard to top wishes. Wishes is so special. And then happily ever after, you know, you see that and I'm like, oh, wow. It just, it, it, the emotional connection for me is, is even bigger. And then, obviously, the spectacular part of the fireworks is more right. spectacular. Um, and I've probably, you know, at this point, seen Happily Ever After in person probably 40 times. Wow. Um, and it never gets old. And I always tear up every single time. I never would have thought as we were heading into tonight's episode that that would be your number one for the Magic Kingdom just because we don't think, necessarily think of that right away. We know there's so much else in the Magic Kingdom, but I love the way you explain that. It's uh, It makes complete sense to me as someone who, like you, loves Disney World and the Disney company. So it makes complete sense to, to me. Uh, Nick, I wanted to ask you, because like you, the Magic Kingdom was by far the toughest part for me to choose three. It's I could choose 20. Give me one honorable mention. Well, and I talked about Festival of Fantasy, and I think you know that's it's an important attraction because there you get so much value. Sure. Um, an honorable mention, <clears throat> you know, if you can do it, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is a, is a really great ride. It's really smooth and it, it's really well done. I, to, that would be an honorable mention. You know, all the class. It's a small world. Yeah, you got to do it. It's a small world when you're there. It's it's such a, you know, it's a great piece of Disney nostalgia. It's, speaking, it's, speaking of it's a small world, Disney Parks released a really great video shortly after this uh, stay at home period began uh, featuring clips of it's a small world from around the world at their different theme parks, which I thought was really great. I enjoyed watching it. It was really, really nice. Uh, Nick, great choices for the Magic Kingdom. This is a uh, and you said that's your favorite park. It is. I could go to Magic Kingdom and not do a single attraction. Great. I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's a great I day. I love that part. Yeah, exactly. I love that part. It's Magic Kingdom. It's the Magic Kingdom. So, so um, great choices, Nick. Uh, here are my three. And this was very tough for me. Very, very tough. For number three, I chose the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Um. <laughs> This is an attraction that's rooted in nostalgia, both in wonderful, both in personal nostalgia, wonderful memories I have of going on the attraction over the years, and in Disney nostalgia. Because as you go through this attraction, which takes you through the highlights of Tomorrowland, it is such vintage Disney. It's like Walt Disney's explaining to you his. I mean, they have the Epcot 
diagram in there, the original concept for the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, that Epcot's, Walt Disney's vision of Epcot. And you see, you get a taste of everything. It takes you to Buzz Lightyear, it takes you to Space Mountain. Uh, you see the shopping opportunities. It's so much fun. I love it. Never gets old. It's a classic, fun Disney thing. And if you ride it at night, which is my favorite time to ride it, the way you see everything lit up and the views of the castle that you get are yeah, really, absolutely. really great. And it's one of those rides where they won't make you get off. You can ask yes. to, keep, to stay on and keep riding. Just keep going. I love that. Second favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom. I thought about Big Thunder. I didn't choose it, but I love it. Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, even though I'm not a thrill ride guy, a couple of trips ago, my brother convinced me to ride it for the first time. I was nervous because I'm not a drop person. And what I learned after riding Splash Mountain is, one, that the drop is not as bad as it looks. It's actually a very family-friendly drop. And it's a testament to Imagineering, the whole attraction. It's nonstop. Where do you look now? What do you experience? And on a hot day, there's nothing like that cold water at the end to cool you down. It's a wonderful feeling. I love Splash Mountain. Great soundtrack, too. Uh, it's a must-do if you could get get on there. And my favorite attraction at the Magic Kingdom, and actually my favorite attraction at any theme park I've ever been to, is the Haunted Mansion. Uh, the Haunted Mansion, as a fan, first of all, as a fan of horror movies, it's great on that alone. But as a fan of Disney and the Imagineers and the history of theme park design it is every time I've been on there and I've probably been on that more than any other attraction. I always see something new or I see stuff that I've seen before. And I just, I'm continually in awe of it. It's a simple, simple things in there. The wallpaper, I could get mesmerized just looking at it and the attention to detail. Um, the ball, the dinner scene with the, uh, the ghosts dancing. I don't care how many times I've seen it. I still just stare in it. Like I can't believe what I'm seeing. Uh, I also, to me, there's no Disney experience like riding the Haunted Mansion when you're at Mickey's Not So Scary. It's just so great. It's so perfect. Um, my favorite attraction at, at Disney World. Uh, if I had to give an honorable mention, very tough. I really don't know because there's many attractions I love. But I think my go-to would be Peter Pan's Flight. Um, the only drawback of this attraction to me is its length. It's rather short. And on a total side note, when I was there... At an after-hours event in January of this year, it must have rained that night because I was walking inside the attraction through the queue, and water must have fallen off somebody's shoe, and I almost slipped and <laughs> really hurt myself, by the way. Uh, oh, total, ran total random side point. But uh, even though this attraction is short, again, it's classic Disney. It doesn't get any more classic than seeing the Peter Pan story brought to life like that. And I love the way the vehicle is designed, that you're being propelled by what's above you, not what's below you. There's no conveyor belt at the bottom. It's above you. And the way they simulate the flight is just great. So that's yeah, my really go-to. But It sets yeah. that experience. And that's what that makes that ride so special. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a great choice. Um, that's actually my mother-in-law's favorite. Yeah. Loves, loves Peter Pan. Great attraction. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and then, you know, the Haunted Mansion, there's so many little pieces inside the haunted mansion i love, yeah. love the hidden i think my favorite is the hidden donald the chair yes when you're, you're making that, that that turn and just it's like you can't go wrong with the magic kingdom you can't go wrong with it it's really a great place and i mean in, i'm sure you went through the same thing nick but when i was trying to choose my top three i thought to myself oh i could have the jungle cruise on there i could have pirates of the caribbean 
could have. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's most of the attractions there could be your, your top attraction. Easily. Easily. Well, for me, I, my second, my second attraction, because nothing, nothing tops happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's and that's what makes the Magic Kingdom so special. Um, yeah. it's, it's a great park. There's, there's so much to do. Like there's so many places to, to, to duck in and get out of the heat for 20, 25 minutes. Uh, hall of residence, um, carousel of progress. Carousel of progress. Great choice. No. So, um, well, I was gonna and, s- and I've, Good. I've thrown in a couple of little pieces as far as, you know, traveling with kids. Uh, the one final piece of advice, this is the, the, Biggest piece of advice, number one, most important piece of advice I would ever give anybody who's coming to Disney World with kids. I don't care how old your kids are. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long it's been since they've been in a stroller. No, my kids don't ride in a stroller. You bring a stroller. Bring a stroller because at some point they are going to be tired and they're going to be miserable or you can let them ride in a stroller. Right. You know what? If they don't ride in the stroller, you got somewhere to put your stuff. True. The amount of stuff that we and you know my daughter's six and a half she she does not ride in she hardly ever is in the stroller but there are times later in the day when she's tired sure. and she can get in and rest so I cannot stress enough how important it is I don't care if your kid doesn't ride in a stroller anymore they're yeah, gonna be stroller. tired and you're either gonna be carrying them. Or they're gonna be miserable and they're gonna leave, and it's gonna make your time not magical at all. Bring it a makes stroller. It, makes it easier for your child and for you. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Nick, one more thing I'll say about the Magic Kingdom before we head to the stuff we love segment is that I've often concluded my trips at the Magic Kingdom. It's often been the last park I visit before I go, and there's always that element of sadness because you're leaving Disney World. But there's also this, I don't, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but there's this feeling of great satisfaction as to the fact that you had a Disney World experience. To me, it's such a quintessential theme park for Disney fans, more so, I think, than any of the other parks on property, that when you get ready to head home from a Disney World trip and you conclude at the Magic Kingdom, it leaves you with all those warm, fuzzy feelings and uh, I've been fortunate enough to see the Kiss Night at the end of the evening over at Cinderella's Castle. And that, to me, is oh, – if I could write a script for how a day at Disney would end, that's it right there. Yeah, it's the, it's the best. Actually, I've got a great video of the Kiss Goodnight that, mm-hmm. that I, will, I will post the same day that, that this episode goes live. Great. Thank um, you. It, it – you know – when we when we book our trip, we typically will finish our last full day at the Magic, and sometimes we'll even do a morning at the Magic. We'll do a full day at the Magic Kingdom, and that'll be our last night. And then we're leaving the next morning, and we'll we'll go into the Magic Kingdom till like lunchtime, mm-hmm. and then and then drive home. Yeah, um, because there's 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 something special and satisfying about being at the Magic Kingdom and um you know walking down main street for for one last time and for me it's always the first park i want to go to when when we get on property i and a lot of times what we will do is we'll drive down we'll leave 
uh, Columbia around lunchtime and we make it to, you know, typically to our hotel by like 6.30 or 7 o'clock and then we'll we'll shoot over to the Magic Kingdom mm. to watch Happily Ever After. Um, and I, you know, I'm a big fan. The number of people that, that they watch the fireworks and they turn around and leave, like, <laughs> you're in a hurry to go stand in line. Right. Um, so we'll watch the fireworks and then we'll hang out and we'll, we typically will be there for the second kiss goodnight. Um, so there'll be one and then there's usually another one about 30 minutes later. And a lot of times we'll be some of the last people leaving the park. Um, mm-hmm. and, or, or the last people leaving the park. We've, we've done that a couple of times. Um, in fact, I did that once by myself where I had a cat, one, of the, one of the cast members, one of the, the guest service managers asked me where I was, where I was parked because I wanted to make sure I could get back to my car. Right. I, I actually happened to be parked at the contemporary. So I said, you don't need to worry about me. I'm going to walk. And I'll be all right. Um, but I'll, I just, I love that. And I, I save that. I hold on to that. I'm, I'm, I've never been one of those people that the moment the fireworks are over, let's go hit that line for the monorail let's sure. get the line for the ferry boat because it's so special it's so beautiful at night main street so beautiful at night why would you be in such a hurry to just savor it enjoy it and that whole time people are waiting to to catch a monorail or catch a ferry boat you could be you know just enjoying the magic kingdom and like i said i, I could go to the magic kingdom and not ride a single ride do a single attraction and, and have a good, just enjoy being there. I agree to music, with that. Watching families. Something else I love about the Magic Kingdom, you know, when you enter any of the Disney parks, that moment where you enter the park is something special. If you uh, enter Hollywood Studios, you're at the crossroads of the world there. It's, it's great. Epcot, enter World Showcase, you enter over at Future World. It's something special. Animal Kingdom, to me, it's a little less special because you got a lot of walking to do, but it still is pretty freaking cool as you. Well, it's a, it's it's a delayed reveal. Yes. At at Animal Kingdom, it's it's, and it it's by design that way. I read, I read something that that Joe Rody wrote that it's not an instant reveal because you're you're traveling. You're traveling into a different world. You're traveling deeper into it, and then right. you get this reveal, and sure. you're completely, um, you know, you've forgotten about the parking lot or getting off the bus or tram or whatever, and you, you've had to walk through. There's so much thought that went into that park. Right. Um, it it it's astounding. I'd love to. I I would love to be able to walk through that park with Joe Rody. Oh, that would be something else. But anyhow, with the Magic Kingdom, I think out of all of the parks, that moment when you walk in to Town Square and you go under the railroad tracks and you emerge is a moment that out of any of those Disney Park entrances, at least for me, I think to myself, oh, man, I love this moment. I want to save this moment. It, ne- again, never gets old no matter how many times you've done it. And then as you make that turn and walk down Main Street and you see Cinderella's Castle ahead of you, which is going to be even more special – the next time we all do it, because that new royal blue color they painted it with is, yeah. I think, going to make it look even more beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous. It is. It really is. So uh, something else that stands out to me about the Magic Kingdom. 
Yeah, but absolutely. Nick, this uh, we're running long, and I got to say, I had so much fun tonight talking about this. This was a great topic uh, to suggest. So this was now. I want to go. I just want. I, I want to be there. Yeah, me too. I was very excited. Well, I'm always excited to talk about Disney World, uh, but this was this was a this was a fun topic, and I mean, I'm with you. I, if if they said I could be in there tomorrow, I, I would drive all night to get there. So anyhow, now we're going to turn to the stuff we love segment tonight. Nick and I are going to tell you about something we're enjoying right now, whether it be a book, a movie, anything in the world. Uh, Nick, let's start it off with you. Give me a stuff we love recommendation. Well, I really should be listing KT tape as as stuff we love since I'm using so much on my on my feet and knees right now with the amount I'm working. <laughs> um, but no, I for the for me it's the the Disney sing along, the Disney family sing along uh, that aired last week, and and I'm gonna kind of pair that with what some of these Disney celebrities are doing on their own posting on YouTube. Um, and, and then the Dapper Dan's what the Dapper Dan's have been posting. Right. Uh, it just, it, it's so special. Um, that Disney family sing along, if you haven't seen it was so good. There was some really great, it just really touching performances there. Um, that was a lot of fun. What really was your favorite that. performance that night? Um, you know, it, it, Donny Osmond, I love Mulan, and um, Donny Osmond singing Make a Man Out of You with his grandkids was yep. was great. Um, Josh Gad and Luke Evans with Alan Menken yep. singing Gaston, that was pretty cool. But I think the one that touched me the most was, what at the very end, Michael Buble um and Demi Lovato singing a dream, yeah. and with De- yeah with Demi Lovato singing a dream is a wish your heart makes because a huge Michael Bublé fan right um, me too and yeah it was that was that was I, that was such a great and can I say I am so jealous of the fact that John Stamos has his own Dumbo flying elephant it was like the fourth time I've seen a video with him singing yes. in his dump in his Dumbo and uh, it's not fair for somebody to be that talented, that good looking, and have a Dumbo. I, I got to tell you something. I'm a huge John Stamos fan. Um, and uh, I've actually had the chance to meet him a couple times, which has been a real thrill. But he actually posted the day after that Disney sing-along aired. The reason he chose It's a Small World, and he, he hinted that he wished that they had aired his explanation when uh, on ABC. He chose that song because it was sort of an anthem of togetherness. And global yeah. uh, global harmony, uh, which makes perfect sense. And yes, I wish I had that in my house too. <laughs> I, I have a lot of Disney memorabilia here, but it's mostly pins. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have a uh, attraction vehicle. Yeah, I got a bunch of Starbucks mugs from parks and attractions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but that, that's awesome. John Stamos is great, and he is a, a huge, any, as we all know, a huge Disney fan, and uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, that was a great special. I watched that too, and I thought the Michael Bublé Demi Lovato performance was, I mean, I I had tears coming to my eyes. It's it's such a beautiful song, and to think about what we're going through, and you see the footage of the uh, the, the hospital workers that aired, and the 
the others as well, and, and the grocery workers and so forth. And it's 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 really that was a special performance. Uh, I thought Ariana Grande did a great job too, singing um, from Hercules. What's that song? Yeah, um, I won't say I'm won't in say love. It. Yeah, that and was you, great. I, the way yeah the way she she played the muses. Yes, and sang the muses parts. I was I was very impressed. I, I'm not a you know I'm not a, a big Ariana Grande fan. I honestly I don't know that I could name a song that she sings, but I was very impressed with that. Yeah, that was great. It was a great performance. Uh, for me, my stuff we love recommendation is an app. I'm not even sure how you pronounce it. It's either called Quibi or Quibi. It's Q U I B I. It is. I've heard a, it as Quibi. Yeah, I have no it idea is, what it is. It's a video streaming service that's designed for your phone. And uh, the reason it's designed for your phone is because the videos that are released for it are these five to ten minute videos that you're supposed to watch five to ten minutes at a time. And it launched with a 90-day free trial, which is an exceptionally long free trial. The people behind it are Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, former, I guess, chairwoman of uh, Hewlett-Packard. And they launched with an amazing library of content of these different TV series uh, from dramas to horror series. If I, if I find myself having five to ten minutes free, I'll sit down and put on uh, an episode of one of the series I'm watching. One of them, for example, features this amazing mentalist that goes and visits celebrities and does these tricks that are mind-blowing. There's another one, a horror one I like called 50 States of Fright, which focuses on urban legends, I guess, from each of the 50 states. Uh, and then I'm watching this uh, really funny series. I think it's called Aqueducts. It, it deals with uh, workers at a pool service company and just uh, a lot of celebrities associated with it. Right from launch, you have Liam Hemsworth having a series on there, Anna Kendrick's in a new one, uh, big time recognizable names. Uh, and I happen to really like it. It's something fun to have this, uh, let's watch a video for five, ten minutes. I'm skeptical about how long the company is going to last. I've heard they're having some uh, – there are some people who know a lot more about this than I do that are skeptical about its long-lasting potential. But to me, it works well. And depending on how you hold your phone, if it's horizontally or vertically, it changes the viewing experience, which is really cool. So uh, That's the same Jeffrey Katzenberg that was chairman of the Disney Studios? Correct. That is cool, the same okay. Jeffrey Katzenberg. So that's my Stuff We Love recommendation. And uh, Nick, I see my computer's starting to run out of power, so I'm going to head to the wrap-up phase uh, for tonight's episode. But I got to say, uh, it's great to to be with you tonight. I always love talking Disney with you. Uh, and for those of our listeners that haven't done so already, please follow Nick on Instagram. Tell us, Nick, where they can find you. So on Instagram, I am at the Disney Dad. That's at the dot Disney dot Dad, um, and I also have a Facebook, the Disney Dad, um, on uh, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, come fo- follow along. Been trying to been trying to come up with creative, different content that you know of of attractions and and things to kind of help shill this gap that we have in, in going to the parks. Uh, but, uh, man, thank, thank you, Scott, so much for, for having me back on and, and letting me choose the topic. That was a lot of fun. This was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I got to tell you, Nick, you want to talk Disney, I'm game. Awesome. And, and your photos, they keep me going. Uh, like I said earlier, I, 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 I get energized by seeing what you post and seeing what a lot of the other social media, Disney, uh, figures post. It keeps me going at this time, which is really great. Um, for the 
podcast. You could follow us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. Write to us, stuffwelovepodcast.gmail.com, and tell us what your three favorite attractions in each of the theme parks are. Please leave us those good five-star reviews on iTunes, which makes it easier for others to find the show. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. We talk about this type of stuff very frequently, theme parks and more. So we hope that you'll continue to tune in. Uh, and Nick, um, again, thank you for being an essential worker and for, and for the work you're doing at this time. All of us thank you and are, are so grateful for you. And for all of our listeners that may uh, be those essential workers or know those essential workers, we, we thank you so much. And uh, we encourage all of our listeners to be safe, be healthy. Practice the social distancing, be responsible, and uh, we'll all get through this. Uh, so, Nick, I, I wish you well, and I look forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Hey, that sounds good. Thank you so much, Scott. Take care. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I think I accidentally touched my face at least 50 times during this episode. I got I got to do a better job. But uh, this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Nick. And we wish you well, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>